Welcome to the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine. UX introduces a simple formula for personal and business growth based around one principle. We can't solve big, valuable problems alone. Starting with this principle, UX equips and empowers us to pour ourselves into people and systems, scale authentically, and create a life of exponential freedom and impact. And now, let's get started with the latest episode of the UX Podcast. What's up, rock stars? It's Matt Johnson. We're back with another episode of the UX Podcast. And for those of you who want to get out and speak or you want to write a book that generates demand for your company, this is the podcast episode for you. We are joined by Adam Witte. He is the founder and CEO of Advantage Forbes Books. Uh, some of you might know him better as the gentleman who bought GKIC and rebranded it as Magnetic Marketing. So if any of you are Dan Kennedy or Glazer Kennedy Insider Circle, members or fans. Uh, you might know Adam through that. Um, and Adam's doing a great job kind of growing that brand and, and fits really into a whole ecosystem that he's built. And he goes into that uh, kind of in the introduction. Uh, a little background on Adam. So he's partnered with Forbes to create Forbes Books, the first book publishing imprint for the global media company. Uh, it's a five-time honoree for the Inc. 505,000 list of fastest growing private companies for I don't know, five out of the last six years, something like that. They were named the best, one of the best places to work in South Carolina a couple of years. Uh, He's named to the Young Presidents Organization, 50 Most Progressives, Inc. Magazine's Under 30 List of America's Coolest Entrepreneurs. So Adam is a, a serial entrepreneur, super, super sharp dude. And uh, there's a really uh, fun conversation that we have about the publishing industry and what it looks like right now. So you've got the three levels. You've got self, hybrid, and traditional. We talk about the pros and cons, specifically what makes hybrid uh, publishing so good, um, why we need to... Uh, um, not look at book publishing and promotion as a sprint, but it's more like a marathon. Adam has some great tips for that. Uh, we also talk about bounce back offers and quiz marketing. A couple of ways to make sure that when you put a book out into the world, that it actually does what you want it to do and generates real demand for more of you if you're a business coach or consultant, or if you're the CEO of a company that it actually generates demand for your business and for the service that you offer. So Adam is also the author of Authority Marketing, which you can pick up on Amazon. So this is a really fun, sh uh, super short, punchy conversation. Uh, so I'm excited for you to hear it. Let's jump right in with Adam. All right. Well, Adam, officially welcome to the UX podcast. Thank you. I'm Glad excited to, to have you. So, uh, so you're, you're involved in a bunch of things, but we're going to focus on the book publishing arm, but just give people a little bit of sense of what the Advantage ecosystem looks like, just kind of the, uh, the broad brushstrokes and how you're involved. Yeah, so it, the Advantage family is truly the business growth company. Uh, we help entrepreneurs grow and scale up their businesses uh, through a handful of different ways. We're going to talk a lot about book publishing because when you write and publish a book and are the author on the topic, it's a distinct competitive advantage for you and your business. Uh, we also have a, a marketing agency called the Authority Institute and a PR and media company called News and Experts uh, and a speaker marketing company called Forbes Speakers because PR and media and speaking are big parts of building authority, just like writing a book is part of building authority. So what we're really well known for on the publishing and marketing space is being an authority marketing company, helping entrepreneurs strategically and systematically create authority for themselves and for their company. And then we also have uh, two brands that are in the uh, executive education and training space, uh, Magnetic Marketing, 
uh, formerly known as GKIC by many, kind of the home of Dan Kennedy, who's one of the godfathers of uh, direct response marketing for entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And then um, another company called the Oxford Center for Entrepreneurs, which really helps entrepreneurs navigate the scaling up journey. Um, the founder, Cliff Oxford, says that entrepreneurs have to cross a swamp. And it's a treacherous, it's a treacherous swamp that can literally kill you. And, and mm -hmm. in fact, a lot of businesses do get killed. Uh, and so Oxford is there to help you cross that swamp and make it out on the other side alive and thrive. Love it. Yeah. So lots of opportunities for you to help, but, but essentially you're helping the same types of people that my business helps. It's all entrepreneur CEOs, executives and former executives jumping into being an entrepreneur and a consultant, um, you know, people that are building and scaling business coaching companies, et cetera. So a lot of the same types of people that are listening to this podcast, which is awesome. So yeah. let's dig into uh, the publishing business a little bit. Uh, so essentially you guys are running what I would call, and, and I don't know if you would agree with this, but from the outside, it looks like Forbes media and advantage is a hybrid um, That's right. kind of, yeah. So it's a blend of, it's not, it's not a traditional publisher. It's not, it's not just a way to help you self publish. So explain a little bit about what a hybrid publisher is and what you guys do. Yeah. Great, great question, Matt. So, so there's, you know, there's three types of publishing options, really. There's self publishing. There's what we're going to talk about right now, which is hybrid publishing. And then there's traditional publishing, or some people might still call it New York publishing. Mm. So hybrid publishing really is bringing the best of both worlds together. So the idea is that with hybrid publishing, you get the benefit of self-publishing where you own the rights to your content, which means you own the intellectual property. Uh, you can get a book created really fast, so you don't have to wait years until your book comes out into the marketplace. Uh, and uh, for a lot of entrepreneurs that either give books away or sell books at events that they may put on, uh, you can keep the majority of the revenue with that. Okay. Those are, all, those are all the benefits of self-publishing. Okay. With uh, traditional publishing, and this is where a hybrid publisher has some of those benefits of a traditional publisher. Number one, you have a professional team of people that create books for a living that will help you create a book that looks as good and reads as good as any you find on the front table at Barnes & Noble, right? Okay. So professional ghostwriters, mm -hmm. professional editors, uh, book designers, printers, and then, of course, the final piece is launching and distributing your book, making right. that book available everywhere books are sold, right? Uh, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, uh, launching your book into the universe so everybody can find it. So that's where a hybrid publisher can bring a lot of those assets that a traditional publisher has with professionalism and experience of creating a great book, but then the distribution capabilities to launch it into the world. Okay. Yeah. So there, there's a lot there to dig into. Um, so yeah. I just want to recap kind of the, the benefits of hybrid. So what, what I hear for the author's side in terms of they get, they get control, they get customization, they get speed, they get flexibility and the potential to actually profit more because they That's can right. do things that a traditional publisher sounds like they just, they don't have a lot of incentive to make it easier for you to do book bundles in exchange for podcast appearances or, you know, selling books in bulk to people that book you for speaking engagements, like all the stuff that you see the Gary V's and Grant Cardone's of the world doing to sell tens of thousands of books. Um, it sounds like if you sign with a traditional publisher, they just don't, they still don't quite swim in those waters unless you're that level. Well, yeah, I mean, look, the traditional publishing model, it does make sense for some people, mm -hmm. but they are very binary thinkers. Mm -hmm. And the way that they make money is by selling books in bookstores. And so their entire worldview is surrounding how do we sell more books through bookstores? 
And the the creativity that you just mentioned, how you bundle, how you package, how a lot of people can sell mass quantities of books, publishers, their minds just unfortunately don't think that way. Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a mindset thing. So you get all the quality, um, you get the ghostwriting design launch and let's talk about the launching. And, and I think the distribution is obviously one of the big benefits of going with a, with a hybrid and you don't have to worry so much about the DIY and just trying to figure all that stuff out. So that's taken care of. Um, but let's talk about the launching. So versus, I think a lot of people look to a traditional solution as if that's going to be the fix so that they don't have to worry so much about the launching and marketing of their own book. Is that, is that even true? <laughs> uh, no. How how long has that not been true? Has that uh, ever been true? It's actually it's it's <laughs> been uh, true not once. Not once. Okay. Got not, not once. Uh, so so I'll give you an aside. This was a couple of years ago, but we were doing some research for a white paper that I was putting together, mm-hmm. and um, I think it was ninety two percent of the books that had made the New York Times bestseller list for nonfiction titles. Okay, 92%, the author of those books had a book that had previously been on the New York Times bestseller list. Okay. So meaning it's an exclusive club (laughs) and breaking into that club is a really, really hard thing to do. So to answer your question more specifically, um, you know, when it comes to launching your book, there's two things I'll tell you. Number one, Having a strategic and systematic book launch is important. Okay. Uh, number two, marketing your book is a marathon, not a sprint. Gotcha. And, and that's actually the biggest mistake that most people make is, mm-hmm. you know, they launch their book. There's tons of fanfare. There's fireworks. There's confetti. There's book launch parties. There's book signings. And then, you know, a month or two months later, they're on to the next, whether it's a bright, shiny object or whether it's the next project in their business, they're on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And it's almost as if they've forgotten that they've even published a book. And the point that I want all of your listeners to understand is that if you're a business person and you're publishing a book, the book can be one of your greatest marketing assets and you should be using that book for the rest of your entire career. Mm -hmm. So number one, create a book that's evergreen that will actually stand the test of time But number two, every single day, you should be doing something. It it could even just be a really small something, but every single day you should be talking about your book. You should be sending your book to somebody. You should be doing an interview about your book. You should do one thing every single day to talk about or promote your book. Because really, if you create your book in the right way, you're really not promoting your book. You're promoting your business, but the book is the disguise. Okay. Well, let's, let's follow that down a rabbit hole just for a couple minutes. Um, yep. so, so when you look at a book and you look in, at taking an author and helping them write a book, there's, there's a book that, um, there is a book that creates demand for more of them. As Dan Kennedy yep. would say, you want to, you want to create demand for more of you than there's a supply. And then there's books that don't, right? There's books that maybe create demand for other solutions. They, they may look great on the shelf, but they don't create demand. What do you think is the difference between a book that does create demand and one that doesn't? Well, so I, I would say two things. Number one, it, it does not have to be an either or, okay? Mm. So if, if you create a nonfiction book uh, in which you are educating or teaching somebody about a very important topic, right? And most nonfiction books, you are teaching or educating somebody about a very important topic. 
if the reader is engaged in your book and derives great value from reading it, typically they're going to say, how do I get more? Mm-hmm. And that is they're going to go to you, the author, the source of the information to try to get more, right? Yeah. And so I think that when you create a book, your number one goal is to create a book in which you're sharing your stories, your passion, your knowledge mm-hmm. in an effective way to actually make a difference in the reader's life. Whether it's how to market my business more effectively, how to plan for retirement, how to get my health in check. It doesn't matter really what the topic is, but if your book is making a difference in somebody's life, then they're going to raise their hand and say, I want more of you. Mm-hmm. The second thing, and this I think goes directly to your question, is you can strategically create your book where you have what we, what we would call bounce back offers. So as you're reading the book, there's an offer to go to your website to download a free report. Yeah. There's an offer to go to the book to download a video or an audio file that maybe explains something that's mentioned in the book in greater detail. So you can have strategic bounce backs throughout your book where it will actually force somebody to raise their hand and say, I want more. Yeah. Because if you go and buy my book, Authority Marketing on Amazon, okay. and, you re- and you read the book, and you love the book, but you never reach out and touch me, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know that you exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, when I get my royalty report from Amazon, I see that I sold a book, right. but they're not going to give me your name, yeah. and they're certainly not going to give me your address. Yeah. So I have no way to connect with you. But if you strategically create the book where there's bounce back offers, I'm going to make it so enticing that when you look at the book and read through it, you're going to say, Adam, I'm going to go to your website. I'm going to request this, this free download. I'm going to go to your website and I'm going to ask for a template that you mentioned. Yeah. I'm going to go to your website and get a free version of the audiobook, right? Mm-hmm. And so in order to get that, you're going to have to give me your name, probably give me your email address. And maybe give me something more. You know, I might even have an offer in the book of giving a free consultation or doing some kind of assessment. We we do a lot with our authors. Um, We do quiz marketing. So go to my website and take this quiz. And you know, people are naturally very curious people, Mm -hmm. and so people love to take quizzes. So you go to our website, you take the quiz. And then we'll say, hey, would you like your results emailed to you right now? Give, give us your name and your email address and we'll be happy to do so. We have now created a direct relationship in which there's a remarketing opportunity. So to summarize, create a great book that delivers value to the reader. That's job number one. But number two, if you truly want to use a book to build a business, strategically have bounce back offers so the reader can self-identify themselves to you and so you'll know that they exist and you'll have the opportunity to remarket to them. Yeah, love it. Those are great ones. And, and yeah, it's, that, that's one thing I noticed. I don't think ever, anyone has ever out Dan Kennedy, Dan Kennedy on bounce back offers. That, <laughs> nobody, the, nobody does he's it. He's the king of it. He is the king. That's right. Oh, man. Okay, so before we, uh, I've got one last question for you, uh, just on your own journey. Before we do that, what's the best way to reach out? You mentioned the book on Amazon, but what, how do they get kind of into the Forbes Advantage uh, world? Yeah, so if you visit uh, ForbesBooks.com, you can learn a whole lot more. And when you go to the homepage, there will be a pop-up that will say, take the authority assessment. Hmm. 
So if you want to see quiz marketing in the flesh, then go to ForbesBooks.com and you can take the quiz. Nice. Um, and it'll give you some clues on things that you can do for your own book. Uh, of course, you also mentioned the book is titled Authority Marketing, and that's uh, you can buy it on Amazon. That's probably the easiest place. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you go to our website, ForbesBooks.com, uh, you can take the quiz and uh, learn more about us there. Nice. So final question, when you, when you look back on kind of the entrepreneurial journey, yep. so, and you're, we're, we're both in the same world, we serve a very similar client, but you're, you're way further down the path and you're involved in a lot more things than I am. So you have multiple companies kind of serving the same client. What, when you look back at your, your success, can you pin it down to maybe one or two specific skills that you have that now you're able to kind of all of your different businesses that you're involved in leverage that same couple of key skills that you have? So I don't think that I'm like exceptionally smart. I, mm -hmm. I don't think that I'm really fundamentally any better than you are or perhaps any of the listeners are. Um, I think if there's one thing that I have learned and I learned it a long time ago, and if there's one thing that I still practice to this day, every single day, it is how do I, as a, as a business leader, uh, better facilitate people working together, right? Because I, I, look, I look at, so, so by the way, that's not a very profound comment. Um, it, it's, actually, it, it's actually pretty basic and pretty simple. The well, problem it is, depends, yeah. Uh, most people just don't do it. Uh, and if they try to do it, they, they really screw it up. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so our business today, um, you know, is about 125 people, okay. right? So 125 people, it, it's actually pretty not, it's pretty complex, right? We have eight different brands. We have 125 mm -hmm. people that are all working on different things. And my, my real job is just to facilitate a process where people are working together cohesively and collaboratively as teams. Yeah. Um, so in our company, we really have a team of teams, right? Because, you know, you have the marketing team, you have the sales team, you have the product development team. So you have teams that mm -hmm. make up this bigger team. And, and really my job is to be positive, mm -hmm. to have a vision that people believe in and buy into, and then to facilitate people working together in a positive and collaborative fashion. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's my biggest job. Um, certainly not to be the smartest guy in the room. And I don't think I'm the smartest guy in the room. Um, but it's really to be a facilitator more than anything else. And uh, it's not profound. It's actually quite basic. But I find that many entrepreneurs make two big mistakes. Number one is they think they should be the smartest person in the room. Um, it doesn't mean they want to be the smartest person in the room, but they think I'm the CEO. I need to be the smartest person in the room um, because if I don't have all the answers, then people won't trust me and people won't want to follow me. And, yeah. and that's, that's actually not true. Yeah. Um, the second mistake that most entrepreneurs make is instead of facilitating work getting done, they do the work. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, part of the reason is because when you start a business from scratch, you know, a lot of times you're the first person, which means you do everything. Yeah. The other problem is a lot of entrepreneurs think that if I want it done right, I might as well do it myself. Yes. 
And because of that, we have a hard time delegating and really letting go. And so what, what you'll find is that there's a lot of entrepreneurs and I, and I am guilty of this from time to time. And, you know, I've got to always monitor myself because it's easy for me to like fall into the ditch. <laughs> um, but like we want to do all the work ourselves because we think we can do it better. We think that maybe we're smarter. We know more about it. But truly, if you want to scale, right, and not everybody does, but for me, I, I want to truly create a scalable business because the definition of a business is like it doesn't have to have you involved in it in order to work, mm. right? I mean, yeah. if, if, if you can't leave your business for six months, travel around the world, and come back and have that business be in better shape today than it was when you left, I don't really think you truly own a business, okay? Yeah. Right? Because yeah. if you are a business owner, you own an asset that creates wealth and produces income without you having to be directly involved every single day. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm simply saying is that if you can really move your mind to I'm a facilitator of getting work done and people working together, I'm a facilitator rather than I'm a doer, it will get you on that path more quickly of ultimately becoming a business owner versus an entrepreneur who is at the center of his or her business, but ultimately the business is really 100% dependent on. Yeah, that's really, really good. And it, it reminds me of an analogy someone brought up, the, the difference between a farmer and a shepherd. A shepherd is someone, a shepherd is a facilitator. Mm -hmm. The sheep are gonna grow. And eventually they'll need to be, but for the most part, the shepherd just makes sure that <laughs> things are kind of obstacles are removed. They're taken care of things like that. It's very much like pastoring. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's hurt. It's hurting sheep essentially. Uh, and I think that's a much better way to look at business rather than, okay, I'm the one that's got to be out there planting the seed, doing all the watering and then collecting the harvest, which is how most business owners think of their business. Yeah. And, and what makes it really hard is it's so easy to say, you know what, it'll just be quicker if I do it myself, yeah, you know, I got to teach him what to do. It's going to take so much time. I'm going to have to explain everything. It'll just be quicker for me to go do it. Yeah. Yeah. Which well, is true. Once it's true the true first once. time. <laughs> and, and it's, and it's a trap. It is a trap. It's a dangerous trap that you don't want to fall into. Yeah. Agreed. And I think that mindset of, I don't do, I facilitate. Yeah, that, that can help. That's a great, great mind shift just to constantly keep in front of your face. So I love that. Well, this has been fantastic. I want to honor your time. I know you've got to run shortly, but uh, thank you so much, Adam. This has been a great conversation. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. I've really enjoyed it too. Now, I believe that clarity releases energy. So I hope that this episode creates clarity for you by laying out a path forward in your business. Now, if you're interested in starting a podcast like this to help you break into a new industry or to establish yourself as an authority in a niche market, let's talk. We have a complete done for you podcasting service. Uh, that is my agency that I'm building and growing and I'd love to talk to you about what we can potentially do for you. You can learn more at pursuingresults.com to get a sense of what our service is all about. And if you're ready, if you're really seriously thinking about starting a podcast, I'm happy to brainstorm your ideas and talk about the positioning of your podcast within the market, something that you can take away whether we end up working together or not. So you can grab a time on my calendar for a podcast brainstorm call at bookjohnson.com. That is bookjohnson.com. 
I just want to thank you again for listening to the show, for leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes, and more importantly, for investing your time, your energy, your attention into the show. It really means the world to me that you would do that. So again, this is the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine, and we'll see you on the next episode.